Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, um, we thank you for your word. Um, we thank you that uh, yeah, your word is um, living. Um, it's recorded so uh, carefully and lovingly for us um, to read from. Um, and God, we just ask that your presence be here as we um, share and as we yeah, just go a little bit deeper into your love, um, into your truth. Um, may these words be your words, um, yeah, and may they uh, cut through to our heart. Um, we offer up this time into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, I think there are two things they teach you um, when you become a parent. Not that I'm a parent. Um, I'm also not hinting at anything here. Um, but maybe when you become a mum, and I didn't know that my mum would be here today. But uh, I've been a professional son um, to my mother for about 27 years. Um, so I've learned one or two things. Uh, firstly, she loves to ask the obvious, right? So um, every time I'll come home and then she'll be like, oh, are you home? Um, and I'll be like, no, no mum, it's, it's someone else. Looks like me, sounds like me, uh, dresses like me, uh, but it's not really me. Uh, um, or I'll call her and then she'll be like, wait, uh, is this Isaac? I'll be like, also, no mum, it's, it's not Isaac. It's just I've got uh, his phone and it sounds like me. Um, and it's a little bit concerning sometimes when these two examples uh, both require me to um, confirm it's really me before she starts talking. Um, and it makes me wonder what you know she's like when uh, I'm not around. Maybe she's got something to hide from me. Um, and, and secondly, uh, she loves to repeat herself. So if it's cold, then you know she'll tell me to wear clothes like 10 times. If I'm looking a, a bit tired, she'll tell me to sleep earlier, um, you know, again and again. Um, and I just feel like, you know, and now that I think about it, I think it's, it's because she cares, you know. Um, and it kind of points uh, towards her priorities. Well, what she figures is, is kind of important. So she really wants to let me know again and again and again and again. Um, and we've been going deeper into God's love for these past couple of months. Uh, but God is much more than just love, right? Um, and John here shows us that love is actually intertwined with truth. Um, and to know one thing, to know love, you must also know truth. To, to know truth, you, you must know love. He also cautions us against um, some pretty dangerous situations, um, some danger, danger that we, that we might run into. Okay? Um, so it's pretty important stuff. Um, let's go deeper into God's truth together today. So um, the verse starts off with John talking um, to us about uh, this lady and her children. So we don't really know who it is, but I don't think it matters um, too much. It just talks about uh, the church. And um, yeah, I think some, some people believe that uh, she, the lady, was the church and the children were other believers. But John is just kind of greeting a group of believers here. Okay. Um, so the greeting wraps up. Um, with this, right? John says, whom I love in the truth, and not, not I only, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth which lives in us and will be with us forever. So can you spot what John's priority is, right? We know that um, in the Bible, repetition means something is um, very important. Um, and much like my mum really cares about the cold, John really stresses the idea of truth 
um, three times in this very short two verses. And not only this, but in 1 John, John's talking about truth um, 11 times and a total of five times in this passage. Um, So the word truth or the idea of truth um, must be very important to John. Um, So we could probably ask ourselves, um, and it's a bit of a spoiler, but what is truth? All right, who is truth? And I think, well, I know um, the truth is Jesus. Uh, Jesus is truth. John 14, right? He, uh, he, he writes in the Gospel of John, um, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, guys, to know truth is to know Jesus. To have truth in your life is to have Jesus in your life. Jesus lives in us and will be with us forever. So this is the truth of God revealed in the Word and revealed in the living Word and recorded without error in the written Word. So John goes on after explaining um, this and it says, he is given great joy that the believers are walking in the way, believing and following in Jesus. Okay? So he's very happy that some of these people that he's writing to is actually following the truth and walking um, in the way of the truth. But I think we can see that there is a little bit um, or a few people or some that it was not the case. And he sees a fitting to remind them um, of a command that they have known since the beginning. That is to love one another. I think this is a good place for us to stop and reflect a little bit. So maybe we call ourselves Christians, right? And then we say that we are walking in the truth, that we profess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But do we love each other? Do we love with the deep, real love um, that Jesus did? So these two things are linked together, right? Truth and love. If we say that we believe and we have Jesus, we should love. So John praises some of the children for walking in the truth as the Father has commanded. And in verse 6, the Father has also commanded that you walk in love, right? There's a lot of repetition in this. To walk in truth is to walk in love. So maybe you aren't a Christian here today, or you've come to church a few times and you've heard of these kind of words being thrown around um, a lot. You might not even believe that there is truth to know, you know, what is the truth? Isn't the truth just relative as well? You believe what you want to believe and I'll kind of believe what I want to believe as well. You might be asking yourself, can't I love people? You know, is love reserved for just Christians or um, just for people that follow Jesus? Um, And I think to answer that question, we have to kind of know what love is as well. What is love? (laughs) Very philosophical. You know, maybe you love Wicked Wings, um, like I do. Or you love bubble tea. You love Earl Grey bubble tea. Um, Maybe you love your phone or you love your pets or you love your parents. Um, And in the Gospel of John, um, he explains it this way. Jesus answered this question in chapter 15, um, verse 10. He says, if you keep my commands... You will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's command and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your love 
and your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. John also writes in his earlier letter, in 1 John, whoever claims to love God yet hates brother or sister is a liar. Whoever, Whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. And I think that here's a crucial difference between the love that we might say we, we love all the time and the love that we believe to be the truth. A sacrificial love. Love that causes you to lay down your life for your brother or your sister. Now, you can ask yourself if Bubble Tea was drowning and, and your friend was drowning, who you would save first, right? If you only had time to save one. Now, how many of us can honestly say that we would lay down our life for the person sitting to the left, or if not then, maybe the person sitting to our right. Take a look, you know. <laughs> um, who would you save first? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You don't, you don't need to answer that. You don't need to answer that. I don't think this love comes naturally, you know. It is kind of countercultural. We talk about love having to, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's good to love others, it's good to do things to others, but you have to look after yourself first, right? This is not what Jesus is saying. You know, sometimes it is a struggle when it seems like the person you're trying to love is just so talented in making you lose your temper. Or when you feel like someone doesn't deserve your love because they have hurt you, um, they have hated you. And I think one thing that we are to do um, which helps in all of these circumstances, is think to Jesus. Think of how he loves us, accepted us, even when all of us, me, I was a sinner, I am the worst. Think of how your brother and your sister, the one to your left or to your right, is is just that, a piece of this wonderful family joined together in Christ. Think that they have been wonderfully created and sacrificially loved by our Father in heaven. And I think at the end of the day, ask your Heavenly Father, who loves to give good gifts to those um, that love Him. Ask Him for a greater understanding of this truth, a greater understanding of this love. Maybe you don't know what it means to love, but if you do want to understand, ask Him. I think He will give it to you. Let's keep encouraging each other to walk both in truth um, and in love. And definitely ask your leaders um, when we split off into groups, if this love is kind of strange or curious or just weird to you, ask them, and I, I think they'll be um, completely happy to, to explain. So that's truth and, and love. But there's another second half, um, and John actually warns us of a few things as well. The reason for our love in the first place um, is actually explained in the second half, starting in verse 7. John says... Um, that because many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. As we have just heard, a failure to love is a failure to love generally indicates a failure to know and practice the truth. Right? One suffers when the other suffers, but one is strengthened when the other is also strengthened. Now, I believe in the earlier um, days, in, in that church that John was writing to, 
um, they were missing a few things. There was a crisis of truth, right? Some people might have walked in the truth, but they thought they walked in the truth, but they didn't love. And John feels the need to caution the readers against the deceivers that have maybe infiltrated the church. They're causing division between these believers. John wants to encourage the church to greater measures of Christian love for one another. Love like that can be one of the strongest defenses against false teaching. So how many of us have um, explored the treasure site that is AliExpress? Or have you walked down like a a night market in Hong Kong or or in Bangkok or Vietnam? Um, You can get lost in a world of uh, Abbey Bass um, and Stin Wins um, or Louis Baton. You know, often fakes are so good, it's impossible to know what is truly authentic and what's just a replica. I think the trick is to know what a real one looks like, right? When you know how to spell Adidas, doesn't matter if it's Abby Bass, Abby Bass, you know, uh, whatever. Um, You know what a real one looks like. You know what a fake one looks like when it doesn't look like the real one. And just like that, I think we must familiarize ourselves with the truth, meditating on it constantly. The Bible doesn't outline every false truth or every lie that there is to know, but it does tell us the truth. It's always confident that the truth will undermine and destroy any error. So familiarize yourself with it. John does, however, give us two defenses against um, these deceivers, two characteristics that might help you spot um, those that would draw you away, right? So first defense, number one, um, he says that these deceivers do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. So these false teachers don't believe that Jesus came in the flesh. They don't believe that God himself became human in the person of Jesus. They are against Christ. Quite literally, they are the Antichrist. Interestingly, in um, John, in the first, uh, in First John, um, chapter four, two, he mirrors the same idea. He says, "This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God." Right. So here in First John, he uses the word um, "has come," whereas in the passage we just read, he uses the words "had come." Right, or oh, sorry, is coming. So some false teachers at the time believed that Jesus was a man who was just born normal um, and God descended onto him during his baptism. But then God also left when Jesus went onto the cross because they couldn't believe that a God would come and die. I think what John wants to believe, uh, wants to stress is Jesus did come, but he is also coming or is coming, right? So he was both, was, and is still God. Watch out for anyone who doesn't believe um, the divine and human natures of Jesus Christ were both one. These people are against the very core of Christianity. They are the Antichrist. 
okay? So that's our first defense, knowing that or, or listening to someone, hearing someone that doesn't believe Jesus Christ was God, man, but also God. Secondly, um, the second defense is he stresses that these deceivers have gone out into the world. Um, these may mean that these people who had gone out and become almost missionaries of this false gospel, but it could also mean that the world is just filled with people who are always trying to draw you away, ones that deny that Jesus Christ is Lord. So they're out there, so you are to be careful. I think that's another reason why it's so important um, to come to church, to have unity, so we can protect each other in the truth. Verse 8 counsels the church as one. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. By using the word we, I think John says, um, John stresses the importance of working together to encourage, um, to stay rooted, and to stay safe. The fellowship that we have in our groups or between us as believers um, is not just for growth and, and support, but also for protection. We protect each other when we encourage each other in the truth. And there may be times when you're too close to an issue um, and it takes a brother and a sister to kind of help you and pull you out of it. Or times when collective wisdom is needed to make sound, godly decisions. Whatever it may be, we are to watch out so we don't lose our reward by falling into the trap of false teaching. Listen to your leaders, listen to your pastors, and really just try and question everything you read or, or everything that you watch online. Um, what, is it really good? Is it really true? And if you're unsure, ask around. Be open and honest with each other. Um, and remember that we are all in this journey together. So let's help each other out as much as we can. But the question may also pop up, you know, how are we to show love to these people? Right. If there are false teachers out there, and if we are in contact with a lot of these um, that are out in the world, what are we to do? As hard as it may be, these, these false teachers, right? if they don't believe, they may sometimes be our friends. They may sometimes be our family members, be our teachers. Right? Interestingly, um, or, or rather worryingly, they could also be some people that we look up to in a Christian sense. Right? They might be worship leaders. There might be other pastors, right? I think there needs to be sensitivity here. Right? John is asking us not to ignore, diminish, or hate on anyone with different beliefs. You know, verse 10 tells us, If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take them to your house or welcome them. So back in John's day, um, these people, missionaries, would come far and wide from long distances um, and they wouldn't have a place to stay. They would rely on other Christians to provide for them, um, to feed them, to give them a place to sleep, relying on the hospitality of other Christians. So this is kind of what it means to welcome them into your house. When you welcome them to the house, you accept them and their teaching as well. So we are to be careful. When we think of how that applies to us, it also thinks to us as a church. This is our home. Do we invite people with different beliefs to us, right? That believe in things counter to the truth that we believe in? Do we endorse their message by inviting them into our church? It goes back to the truth, right? 
This is all John wants to stress. The beliefs of ours that are primary, that are instrumental, right? The truth we believe in, that Jesus Christ was and is God. That he died for our sins and rose again on the first day. That without his sacrifice and the resurrection, we would have no way to get into the Father. These are non-negotiables. But everything else, some of these things may be secondary, right? Maybe interpreted differently. Maybe sometimes it's the way we dress or, or the way we talk about smaller issues, right? These things may be negotiable. We may be able to talk and discuss and have different ideas, right? So even though there are these people out there, we are still to love. If these people, are they continuing the teaching of Christ? If yes, then they have both Father and the Son. And if we disagree, that's okay. It pays to be firm, however, if these people do or, or are deceivers and they are the Antichrist. To exercise caution and, if need be, not to welcome them into the church. So John 2 reminds us that our love isn't based on what we think love should be. Right? It's more than just a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's more than a heart reaction that you might put on a picture um, or giving up and sacrificing your last piece of cake to your friend. Real love is founded on truth. Founded on the fact that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, died and rose again. Restoring a relationship between us and the Father. We love because the truth is, he loved us first. John also reminds us that where there is truth, there is also deception. Okay? So watch out. Hold tightly to the truth. Love in all circumstances, even when the most loving thing may be to say no um, or to turn someone away. So John finishes up this passage by saying this. Um, I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. So as we... Um, Break off into groups a little bit later as well. Let's use our t time together wisely. Um, let's discuss the things that are the truth. Encourage each other to hold tightly um, to the things that are the truth and to turn the things that aren't away. Encourage each other um, to love uh, because God loved us first. Um, the end. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll pass this time back to Gary and the worship team. Oh, let's pray. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we just thank you for the truth. Um, we thank you that you've um, told us about this truth so explicitly, um, so black and white. And although there are a lot of things um, in this world which are gray, um, we know that your love, we know that um, Jesus dying for us is not. So Lord, um, help us to understand this truth. Um, help us to love our brothers and our sisters as a response to this truth. Help us to hold tight to um, these things and, and so that we may stand against people that might, have a, that might want to deceive or, or draw away. Help us to be one, to be united as a church. Uh, 
help us to protect each other uh, and to always remind and encourage uh, each other of the truth. Um, and finally, teach us just uh, to be, uh, yeah, to love um, and to understand this love from you. Um, yeah, continue to encourage us as we um, love each other as well. Uh, thank you, Lord.